The Morning Show is brought to you by Barex. Barex creates intuitive dashboards that collect and display the data you need to make decisions. We empower business leaders to quickly discover insights hidden within your company's data. Barex, empowering data insights. Good morning, Andy. Good morning, Bart. Is that snow I see? It is, and <laughs> I hate it. And uh, it was awful. I didn't think it was accumulating until I pulled in this morning at 8 o'clock. Brandon gets here very early. He had two inches on his windshield. Well, even worse, the uh, weather service forecast is today, snow, mainly after 10 a.m. <laughs> so what's happened? <laughs> already was not expected. Oh, so snow and rainy mix the rest of the day. Yeah, and the weather services uh, cautioning drivers, particularly along the I-94 corridor of uh, slippery spots, particularly on bridges and overpasses during the uh, morning and then again the evening rush hour. And I think the deer will be running today, right? Mm -hmm. First day of firearm deer season. That's right. You know, I have friends that, I actually have a friend that missed the birth of a second child to be on opening day gun <laughs> season. It, yeah, it's a big day. Wow. Very, very big day. There's always a few people I know I won't be able to get a hold of on opening day if I needed to. So good luck, hunters. Hunters were enjoying a opening day breakfast at the Duck Lake Tavern this morning at 5 a.m. And they uh, had a very busy morning. Yeah, they did. Hey, no school again. Yeah, the ISD uh, informing parents and school children late yesterday afternoon that a second day of no school. You know, that scared me more than it scared you. What is that? That that was not Brandon. That scared, that was, I'll take responsibility for that. That was poorly hung up. Oh, uh, for fall? those of you who can't see, we had something almost fall in the background just there. Oh. <laughs> Brandon, did that scare you? Because it scared me. Yeah, scared me. Was All right. Well, Whoa. yesterday we had someone with a leaf blower uh, come in our building. And it was very loud as well. Yeah. So um, the uh, word is they're very hopeful to be back in school tomorrow, Wednesday, but they won't know until later this afternoon. Yeah, I hope so too. Uh, mm -hmm. I know everyone's, yeah, it's cool to get a couple of days off for the kids, but we need to get back to uh, reality. So yes. good luck to everyone working on that. Uh, a report from the Jackson Crossing though yesterday with school out around mm -hmm. Jackson and Hillsdale. Couldn't find a parking spot. Really? I could not find a parking wow. spot in Jackson Crossing. So uh, a lot of people went out shopping on their day off. Uh, I, I guess that's why it's snowing. People are playing Christmas music. They're doing Christmas shopping. So snow is, is I think, a, a result. Yeah. The um, number one seller of Christmas anything, Amazon yesterday, uh, indicating they're laying off 10,000 people. First uh, Twitter, then Meta, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. then Stripe, and now Amazon. Oh, Stripe laid people off? You know, yes. It and just paid someone via Stripe. Really? It's normally a time when Amazon is hiring people for the holidays. Well. So it's to me, it's a warning that your holiday packages will not arrive on time. So 
shop local. Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree with the shop local mm -hmm. part, but I don't think they le are letting go any of their drivers. And the 10,000 represents less than 1% of its global workforce. I wonder how many of these uh, layoffs are from the overhiring that we did at the start of the pandemic mm -hmm. when uh, companies like Amazon had to hire you know, thousands of people every day. Our uh, friend Greg O'Connor mm. from WKHM, he is preparing to undergo a kidney transplant and there is uh, some community uh, support to help the family of the donor. Yeah, yeah, so uh, there's a couple ways to help. The Shamrock Bar is having a fundraiser, and what is the date of that? Thursday. Thursday, okay, all money uh, will go to uh, to supporting the transplant donor. Of course, there's a lot of costs associated with that, travel, hotel, mm -hmm. uh, you know, medical, things like that. Uh, and then McKibben Media Group has also set up a account at County National Bank if you'd like to donate. Just uh, walk in and say you'd like to make a donation to the just say Greg O'Connor and they'll know what to do. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, good luck to Greg. He's been a long time uh, friend of ours, even though we work on rival medias. You and Greg uh, worked together for quite a we long did, time. Yeah, yeah you yeah. actually, uh, before this morning show, 20 some years ago, there was a morning show with you and Greg O'Connor, <laughs> yes. which was a very good show. Thank you. So good luck to Greg. And if, uh, if you'd like to uh, donate, uh, you can reach out to uh, any of us here. The Shamrock Bar fundraisers from 5 till 8 p.m. on Friday there on East Michigan Avenue and John Griffin will be there and they'll have all kinds of uh, great specials Thursday and we wish him the best during uh, his upcoming surgery. So uh, Tonight, uh, former President Trump is expected to make an announcement. Do you know what that is? Yeah, I think he's going to run for president. I asked Mike Shirky yesterday, or as M Live is reporting today, um, Mike Sharkey, uh, he was featured on a Jackson area television program this week. I wonder what one that was. You know was. what? It would have saved that person a lot of work if they would have just wrote JTV instead of typing in all that area stuff. Jackson area television program. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you can't read it if you don't subscribe. Dang. Dang. Sorry. Anyways, I watched the David Muir interview with Mike Pence. <laughs> <laughs> Why? What's so funny? It was. I watched. I watched it too. He wouldn't answer some of the questions. He answered every question just so slow. <laughs> He's a slow talker. So slow. Yeah. So slow. I felt terrible for Mike Pence. Now? A, now or then? Now. <laughs> no, I've, I felt terrible for him then. You know, uh, David Muir was. He was trying real hard, but um, Pence said that they're talking about him running for president around his dinner table. Tonight, CNN will have a split screen. They'll have Mar-a-Lago on one side and, and uh, the town hall with, uh, oh, is that tomorrow night? I don't Mike know. Pence on, on. Is there an escalator at Mar-a-Lago? Are they going to be able to do the same kind of a major announcement? I the, hope so. The I'm golden sure escalator? Be. I don't know. I can't wait. It'll, mm. it'll uh, give something... Uh, Give people something to talk about. <laughs> it's time for Love Living in Jackson, presented by Heather Herndon and the Heather Herndon team at Howard Hanna Real Estate Services. And Heather reminds us each week why it's great to live here and nightlights, of course. It's a perfect time. 
Nightlights at the Michigan International Speedway. Nightlights opens November 24th and they go through New Year's Eve and uh, it's great. Largest light show. And this year they have a Nightlights Express, which you can reserve for your staff. Visit nightlightshow.com. Did you watch Braden Leap last night on NBC's The Voice? You know, I tried to, but I couldn't get away from all the voting on social media. So I was just <laughs> voting for him the whole time and I missed his performance. Oh, I voted for him. They <laughs> saved his performance. He was next to last. That means he's good. I think so. I think yeah. they do that. Yeah. So vote. Oh, you can't vote anymore. The voting closed at 7 o'clock this yeah. morning. And the results are tonight. Oh, my gosh. The results show. So I think uh, he did really well. I think he's a great singer. I uh, can't believe he's 16. Yeah. And there are some people on that show that shouldn't be on the show. Uh, and he's not one of them. He's yeah. Definitely, I think he's going to be a big star. I think so too. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I think he already is a big star. So he is already a big star. Yeah. Hey, uh, I saw you at Grand River the other night. Did you try their new pizza? I did. It's yeah. delicious. Yeah. It's a little bit better than it was. I asked about it, and they said yes. We've made some changes, and they have a pizza guy that has been making pizzas for many, many years, so he's an expert. So it's awesome. Yeah, pizza's back at the Grand River, and it is. It's a little better. Uh, speaking of restaurants, uh, it was announced uh, yesterday that Texas Day Brazil is coming to the Briarwood Mall. Oh my gosh, yeah. really? Yes. And they said it's going to go in the place where Bravo uh, is. Oh yeah, Bravo but Italiana. Bravo. That was Bravo a good restaurant. Is, Bravo is still open, and Bravo is unaware really? that Texas de Brazil is taking their building. Yes. I don't, not really. Right. I, well, some of the, pe the people, the Bravo people in Ann Arbor that are on the Facebook page, they think they're still going to be open for a long time. Mm -hmm. But corporate Bravo has already taken Ann Arbor off of their website. <laughs> have you ever been to a Texas Day Brazil? I have. I have as well. It's for people who like to eat and eat and eat and eat and eat. And eat. Well, it's yeah, but it's also a fun place to go. It is. It's very entertaining. It is, as you never have to uh, worry about going hungry when you eat at Texas Day Brazil. Not the Brazil restaurant that is planned to open at Finley's. That's not the no, same. No, it's different. That's completely 128% different. 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 Yeah. Today's show is brought to you by How Equipment, tool or toy they have it. And today would be a great day to get a snow blower from How Equipment. Thanks to How for helping us bring you today's show. You know, one other Ann Arbor note, uh, last week, you might have missed this, the election, Ann Arbor voters approved a community climate action millage oh. uh, in their attempt to make housing in Ann Arbor even more unattainable. So, what's that mean? They're going to raise $7 million a year, and they're going to use it for uh, climate action programs. I don't know. You don't what, know what I, that means? <laughs> they do. I don't think they know. I don't think anyone knows what it means, but we'll see. No. Um, Downtown Christmas Parade is coming up, okay? It's coming up on Friday. Get here, get here early, but don't park in the street. Don't set your chairs in the street. There's plenty of room on the sidewalk. Floats, costume characters, marching bands, and lots of fun. Join us down here. Or if you can't, we'll have the parade live streamed on JTV.TV or JTV. And then afterwards, you can visit Santa at Flagstar Bank. And there'll be, uh, I can't tell you what there'll be there, but I know there'll be something with Santa. Oh. 
Yes, I know there. I've been hearing some of the behind the scenes negotiations of oh, what yes. is going to happen. There's a lot, a lot on the line. Who's on the show today? We've got a great show uh, lined up for you today. We are going to get things started with doctors Brian Kim and Bradley Judge from Henry Ford Jackson right after this. The Morning Show is brought to you by Barex. Barex creates intuitive dashboards that collect and display the data you need to make decisions. We empower business leaders to quickly discover insights hidden within your company's data. Barex, empowering data insights. Our show today is brought to you by Vermeulen's Home Furnishings, now in their third generation of being family-owned and operated. Thank you to Vermeulen's for helping us bring you today's show. There's time for running Thanksgiving morning before you stuff yourself. It's the <laughs> turkey trot, which is a great family tradition in Jackson. And You've done it. I have done it. They have a 5K elite run and 10K run. Kids half mile fun run, I might do that, and then a uh, 5K run and walk. And that is at Ella Sharp Park Thanksgiving morning. Just visit jacksonturkeytrot.com to sign up. Joining us now is the emergency department chair at Henry Ford Jackson Hospital, Dr. Brian Kim, and pediatric hospitalist, Dr. Bradley Judge. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's uh, that time of year, cold has arrived. And with that, seasonal issues, seasonal illnesses, viruses, we're going to start to see that this week? Definitely are. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So RSV has been the topic, yeah. right? Um, and it's, I think my, da my daughter was actually, actually had it. And it's, it's weird for parents. We'll maybe we'll start with kids. Um, how does RSV differ from, from the flu? Well, RSV and the flu are both seasonal viruses this time of year. Yeah. Um, they can both cause cold symptoms, so they can just start out as a, as a routine cold. Um, both can also progress to worsening illnesses, so they can both affect the lungs and cause more serious illness as well. What should people be on the lookout for? Well, the majority of kids with RSV, let's talk about RSV. The majority of kids with RSV will just have a cold and it'll run its course like a cold and you won't know that it's RSV versus any of the other cold viruses. Um, but there are some kids who do get more sick with it and it can cause a condition, especially in younger kids, called bronchiolitis, not bronchitis, but bronchiolitis. And that means inflammation and infection in the lungs. So they can have wheezing and difficulty breathing and low oxygen levels. So uh, we'll tell you a little bit more about what to watch for and when to go to the emergency department and see Dr. Kim and his yeah. team. And Dr. Judge and his team as well. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Can uh, Dr. Kim, can adults uh, get RSV? They can. And the ones that we worry about, it's always two extremes, right? Are very young and then are very old with some type of immunocompromised condition. And we have seen that as well, but our focus has always been right now with the kids mm -hmm. and how, and you hear it on the, in the news right now, how serious it's become throughout the nation as well. Yeah. And I think that's what's really concerning. We're hearing these uh, reports all over the nation that hospitals are filling up their, the, their uh, pediatric department or the ER filling up with RSV cases. Is this something that 
has happened in the past you just haven't noticed? That's a good question, mm -hmm. actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it does. It does cause a surge every year, and um, and we get right to the brink sometimes of being overwhelmed. Um, in a lot of years, the the interesting thing about what we've all been through the last few years mm -hmm. is that in 2020 we had almost no cases of RSV, so the hospitals yeah. were empty at that point. Everybody was social distancing, wearing masks, and not not getting together, and uh, so that's what helped prevent the spread of it that year. But this year does seem to be uh, a much bigger surge, and it could be that there were a lot of kids who didn't get it when the, you know, in the last couple of years, so now everybody's getting it at the same time, and that could be what's creating this, One thing this that's situation. I think maybe difficult for parents with RSV is, is you don't know uh, when you should take your child in yeah. to the, uh, to the doctor or or the ER, uh, what, when should you when should you go to the ER? The the typical, I mean, parents are great. They know when their kid is sick, and and some are so good that they'll try to remedy it at home. Yeah. But the things that we watch out for and that we see is dehydration, mm -hmm. and the way that they're breathing. You can hear that wheezing, and you can hear it, you see their nose flare, and they're struggling to breathe. Hopefully it doesn't get to that point, but those are signs that you have to bring your child in, uh, as well as unremitting fever with the dehydration mm -hmm. where they're not taking in uh, oral intake as well. And so when they do come in, um, obviously they're at a point that we'll need to give them IV hydration and uh, a, a protocol of what we call high flow oxygen if their oxygen levels are low, something that Dr. Judge and our respiratory therapist, uh, Hannah Gonzalez, has set up and what we have adopted here at Henry Ford Jackson. It is a life-changing uh, device, the high flow nasal cannula as we call it and their hard work has led to uh, helping a lot of children, not just this year, but in the past, Brad. Yeah, right? yeah. We, we've developed that over the last few years. Just before COVID, we, we were implementing that, that therapy for kids, and it's allowed us to, to take care of kids in Jackson and not have to transfer them to the children's mm -hmm. hospitals, and especially with the children's hospitals being full, it's been really nice that yeah. we have that available right here. How about uh, kids with maybe uh, asthma or another uh, underlying condition? Um, are, during illness and RSV illness, uh, would they be more prone to a serious reaction or, or maybe more prone to the dehydration? I think, um, and Brad and I both agree, yes, they are. Yeah. It's just, unfortunately, um, I hate to say it, it feels like how I felt with our adults over the last couple of years with COVID, when our kids are coming in with this RSV and they have underlying asthma or maybe something else that yeah. makes them predisposed where their immune system is compromised. So of anything that we want to uh, convey is that immunizations are so important, mm -hmm. be it the flu and the COVID, because uh, CDC, you can see on their website what you see in our state right now, those that are, have the flu with RSV or COVID with RSV are more prone to the worsening of this disease process. If one kid in the house gets it, does that mean everybody in the house is gonna get it? <laughs> there are things you can do to try to prevent that, but yes, it does spread very easily. It's spread through droplets and um, you, you, you intake those droplets through your nose and your eyes. Um, so distance helps, uh, hand washing really helps. Uh, I. My youngest daughter was born in the middle of RSV season. They had two other kids at home, so I, I basically set up a, a force field of hand sanitizer <laughs> bottles that everybody had to walk past three bottles of hand sanitizer before they got to the baby because the older sisters want to help, and yeah. you know, it's hard for them mm -hmm. to 
be told to stay away from the baby. So if you teach yeah. them to wash their hands before they touch any of the baby's stuff, that's one way you can help, help uh, prevent the spread in the house. I consider Brad a superhero, so you probably did have a force field around <laughs> his kids, so for sure. Well, that's, you know, parents, we want to protect our kids, uh, you know, yeah. in, a, in every situation. Yeah. So I think this one's a little, it's a little odd because uh, of how long some of the symptoms can last. Right. So I think that's a little tricky, yeah. but uh, again, with, with your guys' great advice about when to seek care and, and things you can do, I think people... I did want to mention that the American Academy of Pediatrics, aap.org, has a really nice web page that talks about RSV with advice for parents. And it Excellent. actually has a video that shows um, what difficulty breathing looks sure. like, retraction, sucking in along the rib cage. And that's a, a great resource for parents. So being a virus, is there a vaccine to protect against that? Another good question. Yeah. There is not, but science is always evolving, and um, there are several vaccines right now um, in the works, and it's possible, they're saying, we could have one by next season. Wow. Yeah. I've never had you ever heard of RSV before? I, I, no, I don't think I not, not really, no. Yeah, it's something that uh, a lot of people haven't heard of until their kid gets it, um, and gets yeah. it, mm -hmm. and has a more serious case of yeah. it, yeah. So what should parents be looking for? You mentioned the, the symptoms. You know, I guess the, what's the tipping point where, okay, let's go to the uh, yeah. emergency department? The, I think the telltale uh, sign is when they don't want to eat or drink anymore. Mm. And that's when, because kids love to eat or drink, whatever it may be, yeah. and when they cannot, there's something really seriously going wrong. Outside the most obvious thing about the struggles to breathe, but um, what we hear also lately is, when they complain, uh, when they're complaining that they're not eating or not wanting to eat, the other stuff kind of falls into place mm -hmm. because they don't have any reserves to help them uh, through that illness. Because nutrition is a key importance for this as well. Uh, dehydration, of course, always on the mind of parents. Um, water, water, water. But what else is good? Are Propels and G2s are those good to? <laughs> are those good to give the kids? We, we don't prefer those. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Pedialyte or Pedialyte. electrolyte yeah. replacement solutions are a better balance of okay. electrolytes and sugars to to okay. rehydrate a kid, a young kid especially. There's a lot of sugar in some of those. Fruit. Yeah, there are. <laughs> well, they do yeah. have the sugar-free. We have the zero version. Of yeah. yeah. House, so. Right. Yeah, we, we compromise there. <laughs> it's, it's kind of like adults. When they can't drink their coffee, you know they're sick, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah They exactly. need to come in. Yeah, they recommend the uh, Gatorade for the colonoscopy prep. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> I heard about that, too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of that. Right, Brandon? <laughs> so as we uh, fear, uh, we're going to be busy. You're uh, hospital, your ED going to be uh, busier? Should people be afraid about coming in and getting exposed and all that? I think the, the important message is if you're worried about your child's ability to breathe, you need to come in. Mm. Yeah. And we've got the capacity to, we do. to handle that. Brett and I have worked uh, closely together on all kinds of uh, pediatric related emergencies. So yes, please come in. I don't want that same scenario where we had uh, during COVID where adults were afraid to come in and they let their illness linger a little longer. Um, so by all means to all the things that we at, uh, told about watching for, uh, the parents should watch out for, bring them in. Our team will be there to help uh, guide you and help your child during this tough time. Yeah, yeah and 
I think it's also important to know, like we started out um, at the beginning of this conversation saying the majority of kids will have a mild illness. It'll be a cold and they'll get over mm -hmm. it. So if you're worried and you come in and Dr. Kim or a member of his team says, we've checked your child out and they probably have RSV or we've tested and they do have RSV, um, here's what to expect. It's, it, you, d you don't have to expect that you're going to be admitted to the hospital necessarily. Yeah. You, may, you may be checked That's out. That's a great point, Brad. Be sent home. Because you... I mean, in some cases that it is a mild case for a majority, and so you probably will go home, but at least you'll be checked out and we could rest assured and have you follow up with your family doctor yeah. the next yeah. day. Yeah, that's great. So be in touch with your family doctor, your, your child's doctor. Thank you guys so much for uh, all that great information and uh, helping take care of our community. We appreciate it. Yeah, Pleasure. Great. Thank you for Do having us. Doctors Brian Kim and Bradley Judge from Henry Ford Jackson Hospital. More of The Morning Show right after this. The Morning Show is brought to you by Barex. Barex creates intuitive dashboards that collect and display the data you need to make decisions. We empower business leaders to quickly discover insights hidden within your company's data. Barex, empowering data insights. The Morning Show is being brought to you by Homesteady, your one-stop shop for all your home's needs. Homesteady provides warranties, seasonal maintenance, and handyman services all their efforts will make your home feel cared for with a dedicated service team. Whether you need electrical plumbing, drywall painting, just uh, maybe uh, fix the screen door, anything, they do it all. Call 833-496-9466 for Home Study. It's time now for Believe the Hype at JPS with Chris Gianetti. This week we are talking to strength and conditioning coordinators, Alex Bonneau and Crystal Brinker. Let's take a look. Hello, I'm Chris Gianetti and I am the Assistant Superintendent for Jackson Public Schools and today I am here with our two strength and conditioning coaches at Jackson High. I have Crystal Brinker and Alex Bonneau. Welcome guys. Thanks Thank you. for having us. You're welcome. So we are super excited about these positions here at Jackson uh, Public Schools. It, it, it feels like it sets us above everybody else. So my question is, can you, first Crystal, can you tell me about your background and how you kind of came to this job? Yeah, uh, so I grew up playing lots of sports. Uh, I went to the University of Michigan, uh, got a degree at the School of Kinesiology uh, in 2020, and then um, kind of my junior, senior year, and after that, I started doing some sports performance internships at various places. Um, and just formally before this, I was interning at Ferris State University with all their athletic department. And uh, yeah, I just really wanted to stick around with athletics. And I never really was exposed to the strength and conditioning realm in high school. And it wasn't really encouraged for any of the girls to ever be in the weight room. Um, and I kind of realized how much of a difference that that can make. And yeah, I just thought it was kind of the right thing for me to do. Sounds like a good fit for you. Yeah. <laughs> how about you, Alex? How did you come about this position? What's your background? So I too was involved in a lot of sports in high school. And then I got a bachelor's and master's degree from Arkansas Tech in strength conditioning studies. Um, during both of those degrees, I did multiple internships at University of Arkansas State Louisiana Tech and then the University of Georgia. And after those internships, I knew that 
I wanted to connect with kids and actually try and teach them life lessons. And I didn't feel like I could do that as much with kids at the college level. So I thought the high school level would be a better fit for me. It's a great place to start with kids in, this, in this field. So is it nice that you're both getting paid finally after all those internships, right? <laughs> yes, it definitely does not hurt. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. So um, kind of if you could sort of run me through, uh, you know, what what are you doing with students and sort of then if you could chime in at any point to talk about exactly what kinds of things you're looking to um, accomplish with students in this field? Uh, yeah, I think um, obviously we work primarily with the athletes, but we do uh, come across a lot of non-athletes during the school day. Um, so just from a base level, just kind of teaching them, you know, how you should approach the weight room, um, good techniques, stuff like that. From a more athletic standpoint, I think my uh, primary goal is to keep them healthy for as much as possible. Um, I think a lot of people misinterpret strength and conditioning's goal as just being to lift the house. And um, for me, that's not really my goal. I want to keep them uh, healthy, active, um, injury-free. That's my number one kind of objective. Yeah, and like Crystal said, I mean, both of us, our main goal is to keep them healthy because availability is the best trait. I mean, obviously, if they're hurt, then they can't perform on the field. So going beyond that, we really try and focus on more of the sport-specific abilities that they need. So depending on football, basketball, all the other various sports, we try and hone in on what is needed for that sport and try and train that as opposed to, like Crystal said, just making them strong as a house. They have to be able to perform the different movements needed for that sport. And I think it's interesting, too, because we as adults just go off to the weight room and think we know what we're doing. And I think this is a valuable lesson for, for kids to learn early on so that when they, after high school, want to continue a fitness program, they're well informed on how to do it. So and that's, that's a, a life skill, really. I mean, I, I think that's something that we all should have learned early on because, true, we walk up to the weights like we're supposed to lift, you know, 80 pounds and we can't. And we're like, oh, we're weak, you know. So are you guys teaching during the day or are you visiting classrooms? What happens during the day for you? Your schedule we're not necessarily uh, teaching we kind of accompany uh, the teachers in the weight room so you know we're not there to take attendance and such but we are present during those weight room classes um, so they'll always have two adults either a teacher and one of us or both of us after school in those team lifts yeah and I would say we're more there to like help with the non-athletes because a bunch of them haven't had any experience in the weight room so we're there to help them with form and show them how to actually perform the movements so that kind of takes some of the stress off the actual teacher and they can watch the students while we actually help them hands-on. So do you, you work with all sports, correct? Yep. Yes. Yeah. So what are some of the techniques that you're teaching them? Really, before we start doing any like weighted movements, we want to make sure that the form is correct first because obviously we don't want to create bad habits that could lead to injury. So. We have different progressions that you start with like the base level and after they can proficiently perform that movement, then you start to advance to different techniques. And when you are working with the students, what are some of your challenges that you find with this age group? Um, I would say one of the challenges that I think is kind of a new uh, issue is definitely the presence of social media. So um, there'll be kids who come in and they're like, well, I saw on TikTok. 
um, this, this, and this. And while it might not necessarily be like a bad movement or whatever, um, sometimes there's conflicting thoughts on like what our goal is for them. Like, well, that's not uh, the risk over reward. We don't really need to do that exercise for you. Um, and a lot of kids, their goal can be aesthetics. Um, which I don't like to focus on, especially with growing kids and their bodies are changing and all that stuff. Um, so a lot of kids will say, well, I, I just want to have really big biceps or, you know, I want this and this and that. And I guess kind of overcoming some of that can be a little, it's a process, but it always ends up coming to work out for us, I think. <laughs> I would say for me, since I'm newer it's more of gaining the trust of the athletes so that when i'm coaching them and like trying to help them that they actually believe what i'm saying and take that to heart and not just think that i'm some other person telling them like hey you need to do this but i actually have their best interest in mind right making yep. relationships is really important and exactly. in, in especially at the high school level with students and i think i can understand what you're talking about as well that they want immediate results like we all do right and right. and that's that's it's hard to t help them understand that this is a process just like learning is a process right your yeah, body definitely. takes time to adjust to new things um what uh sports have you worked with so far student wise uh we've worked with pretty much all of them all okay. um yep. so Obviously, our football team comes in a lot. Our swim teams come in really regularly. Uh, boys soccer. We have a uh, gymnast who also lifts with us. Um, basketball, golf, golf. Basketball. Tennis. A couple tennis players come in. So pretty much... Every pretty much everything. <laughs> I mean, it always feels like a, a college level offering from us to provide strength and um, conditioning coaches, uh, just because it's at the high school level, it's, it's something that's sort of a new idea coming. And I think its end result really has to do with keeping everybody healthy, right? And so being able to teach people how to lift, how to stay healthy, how to be safe in their own sport, because everybody goes all out and they forget that their body is in the way, right? You know, right. that something yeah. could happen and we've seen that. Um, but I think that we'll see over time that, that injuries will be less and, and, and knowledge will be up. And I think that's a great aspect. Now, what other types besides the weight room conditioning and training are you working with? So uh, in the summer, we worked with a couple teams. We worked on um, conditioning. So we went out on the turf, and obviously it'll be much more convenient, one, with two of us, and two, uh, we can do the conditioning four steps from our weight room. Uh, it was a bit of a hassle to walk them across the parking lot and unlocking gates and stuff. Um, but we do do some conditioning. Um, right now with our basketball boys, we're working on some speed and agility, kind of learning how to run type of stuff uh, so we do address some of that as well yeah and then we have like plyometric things such as jumps hops skips things like that that just help increase athleticism as well and balance and those yes. kind of things do you get requests from your coaches on things that they like to see from their students yes yeah. i mean like we definitely take into account like what they want from the team and try and find like an equal balance of what we believe in and what they want as well the results yeah. they want to yeah. have, right? Yeah. We definitely, uh, when I first showed up, I kind of tried meeting with the coaches that urgently wanted to get in the weight room with um, me, and we kind of went over, you know, what have been your common injuries? Um, are you guys, you know, slower than you'd like to be, or um, this, this, and that? And so we did have a kind of generic outline for what some of the coaches desired out of their team. Right, right. And I would imagine the bodies are so different, right? Because you're, you're 
your age range is right from ninth grade to twelfth grade, and so I imagine <laughs> that there's a whole different where they're in puberty makes a difference. I would imagine. Definitely. For sure. <laughs> Do you have to go lighter in your approach with younger students, or is it just less repetition? Or how do you how do you manage those different types of students and different body types, and different sexes as well? Right. So I mean, obviously the older kids they probably had more experience with maybe not weightlifting, but maybe being in the gym. So their training age may be a little bit higher. So the amount of years they've worked out, so they may be able to do more difficult movements as compared to the freshmen who we may have to start them off with like a base level movement just to make sure that they're performing it correctly before advancing. So there definitely is different variations that you have to use for different ages. And I know you mentioned that you work with non-athletes. So how does that come about? Are there gym classes that you're getting involved in or how do you meet the non-athletes and work with them? Yeah, so we have um, six weight training classes yes. throughout the day. Um, and a few of them are either sport specific. So we have a wrestling strength class um, and we also have like a couple athletic. Uh, so those are supposed to be the athletes, but then we also have three or four um, just general strength training classes. And we do have some athletes sprinkled in those, um, which is nice because it, I mean, there are some leaders in there who might be a bit more comfortable in the weight room. Uh, but yeah, so we, we are in those classes with those non-athletes and I guess for me, my goal is just to get them comfortable in the weight room because going into college, I mean, I was a gym rat as far as, you know, being on the court, on the field and stuff. Um, going into a weight room was a new experience for me. So my goal is just to make them understand what, what they're doing, what their bodies should be moving like, stuff like that, keeping them healthy. And for me, I mean, besides what she mentioned, I, my goal is to, like, get them to understand how important being active is because you're not going to be young forever so as long as you can develop good habits like you don't want to be the person that's old and can't move around and still do the things that you enjoy so really I, the goal is to like help them understand the impact it can have lifetime as opposed to just now when you're young and trying to look good. So so kind of on that note, what are your thoughts about the facilities here at, at Jackson Public? Have you seen something like this or is this amazing? I mean, there's colleges that don't even have something this nice. So, I mean, it truly is incredible. And like even during our classes, I hear some of the kids saying like, hey, we got to make sure and take care of this. Like this is extremely nice. And so it's nice to see that some of the kids really know how lucky they are to have something like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, and it's it's my thing that I always say, like, if you're not a Viking, why are you not, right? <laughs> Especially if you're an athlete, there's definitely the facilities here for which to, to really excel at what you do and be supported to do it. Well, we're super grateful that you guys are a part of our team. Uh, we feel like you have set Jackson Public Schools above, uh, you know, just another portion of our programming that really makes us set above everyone else. So I wish you guys luck this year, and I hope maybe it does yes. advance out to you staff because I'll be your first. <laughs> <Wonderful>. <laughs> Well, thank you for thank, having us. You're welcome. Thanks for coming. Thank you. The Morning Show is brought to you by BearX. BearX creates intuitive dashboards that collect and display the data you need to make decisions. We empower business leaders to quickly discover insights hidden within your company's data. BearX, empowering data insights. 
It's time for the Nightlights annual 5K fun run and walk, and it's happening at Michigan International Speedway. Visit nightlightshow.com to sign up. It's the eighth annual 5K fun, fun run and walk at MIS on Saturday, November 19th. Show today is also being brought to you by the Center for Family Health, who is reminding you to be a blue fighter. Call the Center for Family Health now at 748-5500 to get your flu shot scheduled. The Center for Family Health has been opening the door to healthcare for all for more than 30 years. Joining us now on the morning show from St. Demetrius Orthodox Church, Father Dushan Koprovica. Welcome, welcome to the show. Welcome, <laughs> thank you did, so much. Did he, uh, did he? He did good, he did good. <laughs> Early in the morning saying my name is real good. Very so thank good. Thank you so much yeah, for inviting me. Well, with COVID, one of the great traditions of St. Demetrius, the bake sale has, has been uh, on hold, right? Yes, uh, for when COVID hit uh, that, that, that year, uh, we canceled it because everybody canceled. Yeah. And uh, last year, actually, we, we just did um, pre-order uh, carry out. So uh, that was successful. And uh, again, this year is face-to-face uh, -face, and we're all excited to uh, you know, be together as a community uh, and uh, sharing our wares. We have, yeah. uh, I know you guys were uh, wanting a, a sample and you guys were <laughs> really excited when I Very. walked in the doors today. Very excited. Uh, with this and, uh, but it's, uh, it's, uh, we, we, we're, we're all excited uh, to bring the, uh, to the Jackson community. This is um, legendary. Tell us what we have here. Uh, well, we have, uh, again, uh, the baklava is buried under here. Uh, we have uh, the spinach zelnik. Uh, we also have, uh, Leek Zelnik too that you'll have uh, at the um, bake sale. Uh, we have the uh, Revenue cake, uh, which is uh, a cream of wheat, eggs, butter, sugar, orange juice, and a little mm. syrup, and it's really good. Uh, of course, we have the um, uh, coconut pecan chocolate chip cookies and uh, the kuruyo. Uh, it's hard to say in the morning, but it's always it's, it's the powdered cookies. Everybody okay. says I want the powdered cookie ones. Yeah. Uh, so these are the powdered cookie ones, and then the. Um, and then we have the kuribats. Um, uh, uh, these are you know good for you know dump, dunking in your coffee in okay. the morning and that like that. So we have uh, this. Uh, plus we have um, we have the, uh, the Greek chicken lemon soup uh, that we'll be ooh. doing. Uh, we we made gallons of it. So they they come in uh, quart sizes. Wow. But uh, the ladies were busy just uh, cooking up a storm. And uh, yes. I was helping out too. I was going to say, who, who is, <laughs> I'm helping out too. Who's responsible for all of the uh, cooking for this legendary uh, well, bake sale? Well, it's the sisterhood of, yeah. of St. Demetrius Church, and they've been doing this for years. Uh, I've been uh, serving full time as a, a parish priest since 2003, so I've been 20 years oh, wow. there. Yeah. But I was, you know, actually 2000 uh, substituting yeah. in Jackson, and so I've been here a while. And they were uh, cooking, and uh, it was at the. Um, uh, at the mall before, and then yeah. uh, we uh, upgraded into our uh, church hall, yeah. and uh, everybody's uh, welcome to come uh, this Saturday on the 19th from uh, 9 o'clock to 3 o'clock, and come early because <laughs> everything goes quickly yeah. on that, so that's... Uh, How important is it for uh, the community to be back together and, and, and doing things like this face-to-face -face and celebrating? so important. Um, again, just the lockdown, uh, everybody 
put a funk, you know, yeah. it's a darkness. Yeah. I mean, I, I took it as a spiritual um, uh, demonic, basically. It's yeah. just, uh, I, I couldn't even visit people at the hospital. Right, right. Uh, people were dying and I couldn't even visit them and it was so sad. And again, you know, not coming to church, I mean, celebrating Easter. Right alone in church just on a zoom it was it was very sad and that but again when everything started opening up uh, we just everybody was just so excited mm -hmm. and so appreciative of what we have and uh, we, we take for granted uh, simple things like a bake sale you know yeah. people are just want to come and that and that's so important uh, like especially just uh, supporting everything here in the Jackson yeah. area when when people have a bake sale when people have a uh, a fun run you know you come together as a community and appreciate yeah. each other and that. so when we also have our um, uh, we completed our uh, icon um, all our frescoes in the church so we do have church tours on uh, so I'll be uh, leading oh, church tours of the icons I know um, JTV was there when we first uh, started with the Iconostas yeah. um, back in 2006 That's and right. uh, oh. you guys took I a was tour there. of that. Yeah, it yeah. was just really neat and now, you know, um, you know, so we have all the frescoes completed. Uh, that was just right before COVID uh, started and that. So we just, awesome. you know, go, so it was good. What do you walk by that you can't, you know, can't go without? What's your, what's your favorite? <laughs> what, what do you have more of than anything else? What do I have? Personally or yeah, at the personally. church? Um, I mean, at night, you know, it's, yeah. it's the baklava and that, but during, you know, for lunch, you know, again, the, the Zelnik's, the, yeah. that's always for, you know, I can eat that in the morning, I can eat that anytime. Mm. So, you know, so you got the Very good. savory. Try one? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to try one right now. Yeah. I'm going to get down into the baklava right now. All right. <laughs> so St. Demetrius is the church everyone turns around in the lot when they're <laughs> taking test drives. Right. At oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, everybody mm. knows where the church is and that. So, is that the yeah. baklava? The baklava I've ever had. And we had all that construction with that mm. Elm Street Bridge. So mm. I, that oh, is yeah. the, the bridge. You can cross over the bridge now. Uh, but it was very, um, just what, during the summer when um, mm. when all that construction, mm. you know, people were uh, late coming to church and they had a, a legitimate excuse. Yeah. <laughs> and they said, Father, you know, <laughs> our exit is closed and that's okay. Mm. You get dispensation on that. But now uh, the, the Elm Street Bridge is open and uh, everybody knows how to get to our church and that. So it's just a wonderful opportunity again to, to get together. And yeah. uh, again, uh, the ladies that uh, we've been preparing the, uh, the meals and uh, we have coney dogs. So even Whoa. you can come uh, again, you know, our church was built on coney dogs. You know, yeah. A lot of the, you know, the, the Lazaroffs, the Christophs, oh, they were yeah. all um, uh, founders of the church and um, again, built on food, but uh, again, hospitality is yeah. number one in our, uh, in our parish. Have you had people, are they back now from post-COVID? Oh, we've been full, we've been full. Full, mm -hmm. fully opened and um, I, I'm the dean of the state of Michigan, so I was always pushing to open, open, yeah. open and that, so all our churches are open and um, you know, I guess one of the nice things is, yeah, we have Zoom, so I'm, I'm, I'm almost, yeah. uh, I love JTV, <laughs> I'm on Sundays, yeah. Sunday mornings yeah. uh, in church, you know, so a lot of, you know, so it's expanded in that, but uh, again, it's the personal relationships of each other, uh, seeing face-to-face is that's the most important very. thing of celebrating. This one's very good. What one is this? That's the uh, the Reveni. Oh yeah. The, yeah. Uh -huh. It's very heavy. And that has a little orange juice in it, or no? It's it, it reminds me of the Tre Leche cake. 
It's very moist. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh-huh. Very good. It's it's very good. <laughs> so starting this Saturday at what Nine time? Nine o'clock in the morning. At St. Demetrius Orthodox Church, and it is, it's the Elmer Road exit. Take Seymour and then turn right, and that's it. Correct, there. yep, yep, and we're right there, the Gold Dome Church. Uh-huh. Beautiful church, and, and uh, take time to take a tour. Thanks for coming in today. Thank you very much. Uh, Father Dushan Koprovikov from St. Demetrius Orthodox Church. More of the morning show after this. The morning show is brought to you by Barex. Barex creates intuitive dashboards that collect and display the data you need to make decisions. We empower business leaders to quickly discover insights hidden within your company's data. Barex, empowering data insights. There's Matt Grimes of Grimes Plumbing and the Jackson United hockey coach. Uh, we have a feature on the Lumen Christie hockey team on our website now. Uh, we have one coming up on Jackson United, which is uh, cool. They have the players from Western, Northwest, Jackson Christian, Jackson High, Grass Lake. It's cool. Hanover. Michigan Center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's true. Uh, it's, I think, did it start as Jackson, just Jackson? It did. Yeah, it did back in the, back in the day. And then uh, the co-op evolved. And I think they're the second largest co-op in the state. So hmm. very cool. Well, it seems like hockey is back. It's enjoying yeah. a resurgence here in Jackson. The uh, ice arena, I know Optimus Club, very happy to see people uh, take up hockey and they've got more teams, more leagues. It's, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. we, were at the, we were at a, a hockey game Sunday and uh, <laughs> whew, it's fun. It is fun if you're not the parent. <laughs> no, it's a great sport. It's an awesome sport. A lot of travel. Yeah, a lot of travel, but that's good because uh, it's time with your family, and that is important, mm -hmm. very important. So we have a lot going on this week. Uh, we've got the free turkeys. Jackson Police Department giving away free turkeys tomorrow from 10 till noon. City of Jackson residents, one turkey per car, and you drive in at the Commonwealth Commerce Center. It's an initiative of the Group uh, Violence Intervention Program. That's great. Who's up uh, tomorrow? Tomorrow we have Todd Daisy from Lammers Heating and Air Conditioning and Melissa Burgett from Orthopedic Rehab Specialists. Later today, Stacey Milligan, Troy White, Dan Bickle, Briston Baum, Travis Moore, Sarah Harris, and Sophia Ioka. All later today, we'll see you then.